0: Hey guys, in today's podcast, we are going to talk about programming for blood flow restriction training and I got various questions regarding the difference between isolated exercises and compound exercises. So here we go. You are listening to the BFR University podcast with your host, Dr. Ed Lacara. BFR University is dedicated to helping people learn safe and effective ways to implement blood flow restriction training into their lives. And now, here's your host, Dr. Ed LaCara. Can you reach a pair of some gloves out of here for me? I can't reach it. No, I don't have any What's up, guys? Welcome to BFR Tuesday. Sorry I'm a few minutes late here, uh, finishing up some patient care. Um, Actually, give me one minute, but type in in, on the side, uh, say hello, where you're at so I know everybody that's here. And um, if you have any questions, type it into the chat in that uh, upper right corner. And then I can be sure to answer that uh, before I jump off. All right, give me one minute. Thanks. All right. Hello from SoCal. Hopefully uh, not too smoky. I was just in Yosemite last week. Uh, so beautiful. We were starting to get some smoke during our hike. So it was a little, little bit of a challenge. But um, man, I got to get back to SoCal. It's been too long. Hi from New Jersey. Hi, Lewis. Uh, can you try to post the links for the study discussed last week? Forgot to email you. Hmm. Remind me again? Which um, Sorry, I'm, uh, I've been inundated. Uh, What study was that last week? Remember what it was about? I forgot. Okay, Uh, I'll try to remember, I'll go back and I'll listen to see what last week's podcast was about and I'll, um, and I'm sure I'm happy to post it. You can also look on my YouTube channel and the YouTube channel should have a link to anything that I reference. Um, and the YouTube channel is just Ed Lacera if you look under uh, YouTube. It was a good one. Oh, that's good. It's always good when it's a good one. It's not good when it's a bad one. Everyone's forgettable. All right. Any questions? Any questions for me? All right, Michael, at what points do we increase the weight on our BFR workouts? Assume that there's still need to be a progressive increase in weight to contribute to mass and strength gains. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Michael. So um, when we are trying to program, you know, it's probably a little bit deeper of a a subject matter than what we can do um, on one of these calls. But I tried with my patients especially, try to block their year so let's say, um, let's say they are big, um, skiers. So during the season, they're going to ski a lot. That's their, that's their technically their season. If they're an athlete, then it might be football season or a uh, soccer season or volleyball season, whatever. Um, during certain parts of the year, when you have a specific focus on a, either a single event, like some of my bodybuilders uh, do, or they have multiple events during the year, you kind of want to periodize um, your training so that way you can peak yourself at the times that you need and want peaking. And I, rec- I, rec- I, rec- I recommend this for everybody because otherwise our training gets very bland. Um, you know, when I used to work for 24-Hour Fitness, we used to say all the time, like, you know, God, there's guys in here that are there every single day and they don't, don't look any different um, than they did three years ago. And it's because they're, they're not constantly adapting um, their workouts and they're kind of doing the same thing over and over and over again. I don't think you're I don't think your body gets bored. I think you're right, though. You need to continue to increase um, either the resistance or the reps uh, or the volume or, you know, it's got to be changed up a little bit to continue to challenge the body. So um, when we're looking for strength and hypertrophy, strength uh, is kind of self-defined. Hypertrophy means just muscle size and with BFR, we do it two different ways. We, we train hypertrophy uh, using very, very low loads with higher pressures. So in the upper extremity, like using 50% limb occlusion pressure or high pressure on your consumer uh, model of the of, uh, SmartCuff Gen 3 And we use uh, a very light load, not to failure. So you're using, you know, you're doing your 30, 15, 15, 15 rep scheme um, with very light, like 20% one rep max. When we're doing strength, which is different. Strength and hypertrophy are two different types of training protocols. We're going to do higher resistance, more like 40% of your one rep max, but we're going to use lower pressures. So we're going to use more like uh, in the upper extremity, 40% of your uh, limb occlusion pressure or the light setting on your cuffs. Um, so. Making these little variables, in my opinion, is very important, and you want to block times throughout your training program to uh, focus on those specific items. So, to your point, Michael, um, I would retest my my one rep max or your three rep max every four to six weeks, and make that make a block of training. Let's say a strength training block. Make that four to six weeks, and then retest range of motion at the end of that six weeks and then reset your calculations uh, for your next block, which maybe is um, another strength block or a hypertrophy block or whatever you wanna work on. Um, and I normally, if you're new to BFR, you're new to fitness, I typically start with hyper- hypertrophy block or muscle size block, get used to the cuffs over time. And then you switch to a strength block when you're doing more loads. We're using lighter load in the front end heavier loads in the back end, retesting one rep max or three rep max or five rep max every uh, four to six weeks is hopefully answering your question. But absolutely, especially with these light loads, if you don't keep increasing the resistance, you're not going to see adaptation. Um, And we see that in studies that are poorly designed where people are not responding to uh, BFR. And what we see is that they test one rep max in the beginning, but they don't. It's a, let's say, an eight week study and they don't retest it four weeks. Our study out of Jacksonville uh, State, we retest it every four weeks um, because we need to keep increasing the percentage of one rep max that we're using. Lewis, are the signs of overtraining in BFR the same as for non BFR training? Yes. And I'm assuming that you're talking about central nervous system fatigue um, and overtraining. You know, you're going to see decreased, um, you're going to see lots of muscle soreness and pain. You're going to see little tweaks and in injury and things coming up. You're going to be seeing um, the inability to lift as much weight, um, decreased time for recovery, poor sleep patterns, um, irritability. All those things are the same. Um, it's harder to do. Central nervous system fatigue is much harder to do with BFR because you're using light loads. Um, and there's some studies to um, support this statement. Um, you're more looking at with that BFR peripheral fatigue, which is the extremities and getting tired here, which we all know when you're using BFR, you get that pretty easily. Um, so again, another reason why we want to block our training. So we're going four to six weeks. Then we take a little bit of a uh, rest week, an active rest week, and then we go back. And so you're constantly going up and down with volume and intensity and all those things. I think I really need to do a whole like webinar long webinar, like an hour, two hours on block training for your uh, resistance um, and then incorporate it with whatever other things you're doing, aerobic training or running or training for a marathon or half marathon or a 10K um, so that it all kind of makes sense versus, oh, we're just going out and doing all these exercises. And I do have resources if anybody needs it to help with designing programs. Like if you need a year program because you want to get ready for the first half marathon, um, having somebody looking at your whole schedule and figuring out with you and getting a little bit of a coach, I think goes a long way to make sure you're getting the goals uh, that you need. Louis asks, would you recommend going lighter and moving to a hypertrophy protocol of doing more BFR strength training and feeling overloaded? Uh, yeah, I would. Yeah. Then you're doing uh, more isolated exercises, more single joint exercises. Um, you're doing lighter loads, less, it's less stress on the system for sure. Michael, for back and chest workouts, is there still advantage of using upper extremity cuffs? Do the cuffs still elicit a response in the back or chest muscles? Yeah, absolutely. So we get three responses when we use cuffs. We get a distal response, meaning the cuff is here and I'm getting response distal or away from the cuff. I get a proximal response, which means that I'm getting something um, closer to my midline. So shoulder or in the lower extremity would be glute. Um, And then we also get a systemic response, which means that the brain is doing things and your whole body is doing things. So absolutely, there's a a, um, the only thing that we don't see an improvement on is really your core muscles. And so when we're doing uh, core work, I don't keep the cuffs on patients or clients. I have them use the cuffs for their workout and then uh, and then do their core work either before or after their workout with um, without the cuffs. Hopefully that helps. All right, I got I got time for one more question. If anybody has one. All right. Well, no other questions. Thank you guys so much for joining today. I will be back next Tuesday um, to answer any questions. And if I don't get any questions, then I typically will present something or a new study or something along those lines. But I keep these short because they're kind of a lunch and learn. And I'm on my lunch break and uh, have patience. So uh, yeah, thanks so much. Bye for now.